Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Spinner Rack. I'm here with my boy, Kyle. Say what's rocking, Kyle. Hey, what's going on? Ready to rock. Hey, today we're talking about King Arthur, Legend of the Storm, of the Sword. This movie came out in 2017. This is Guy Ritchie's, you know, the famous um, um, director from Sherlock Holmes, the director in England. He um, had his interpretation of what he think the new King Arthur should be. Charlie Hoonan was the, um, the, the lead, and we had Jude Law as Vortican the bad, his uncle, the bad, bad in the show. So here, I'm gonna give my boy Cal a quick, you say a quick brief introduction of what this movie is about and then we'll just get into it. It's just been re-released on Netflix. So Cal, give me a brief, um, a brief explanation of this movie here. A brief explanation? This is what happens when you let studio executives influence a director into making a King Arthur movie because they wanna make some money. King <laughs> Arthur is a really, really, really old story. This is, this. Uh, legend is hundreds of years old, might be even as old as a millennia. So, you know, it goes back really, really far. There's been, so, it's been alive for such a long period of time and it works. People love the story, you know, the sword and the stone, the magic, Merlin, the Knights of the Round Table, uh, Camelot, the, you know, the, the final battle, everybody loves that stuff. But then you let executives come in and they're like, well, you know, why don't we do something with King Arthur? Let's see if we can do something different with it. And there's really nothing different to do with King Arthur that hasn't been done already. It's been around for hundreds of years. So it's already been done in terms of oral tradition. It's already been done in terms of stage. It's been done in terms of film. But hey, they got some money. So let, let's go for it, right? So we get this film here, which is really less of a King Arthur story and more uh, Moses, Hamlet, and a couple of other things through and a couple of other things thrown in. Oh, Robin Hood. So, you know, it, it's more that, it's more Robin, if you want to use executive speak, this is Hamlet meets Moses meets Robin Hood. Oh, and by the way, let's throw in a sword. And there we go. You know, that's pretty much what we got right here. Okay, so I'll thank you for that critical um, explanation. So the story basically is, everybody knows the general thing. It starts with his father, Uther, who, um, who was battling Mordred, uh, an evil wizard in this version, he's not his son. and they, he defeats them and in defeating them, you know, he's all happy and everything with his brother Vortigan. Yes, Vortigan is his brother in this show. And um, Vortigan who wants to become the king basically sets up with some, some, some witches or water witches, I don't know what you would call them. And they basically- Those are, those are naiads. Okay, naiads. They, pro they promised him the, uh, give him the power of like a, 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 you know, he looks like the, like the Conan, the, 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 the that warrior, what's the name of that artist um, who drew a comic book warrior on a horse and he's standing sideways. And it's just like, that's what he looks like to me. But I mean, he, he, he becomes this powerful um, super barbarian or demon monster. Um, oh, that, you I, mean, oh, I know what you're talking about. You mean the one that was drawn by uh, Frank Frazetta, definitely. Frank Frazetta, exactly. I'll see if I can find that image that we're talking about. But I mean, it's like, wow, it, it, he looks and he's able to defeat his brother who has Excalibur. And of course, Excalibur is, of course, the DNA is attached only to his son, not to his brother. So it falls into the into the river, which cut the, um, the, I don't know, what is it? The moat lake that he is part of the castle and it goes down into it, right? Um, and but it, he, falls, it falls into, it actually falls into Uther and Uther becomes calcified or hardened like stone. Oh, right. And so, so when he's pulling the sword from the stone, he's actually, I guess symbolically, it's his, he's, it's his father releasing the sword. It's his father releasing the sword onto him. So, you know, you could go that route with it. That is totally wild. That was, I yeah, know. it was wild, totally wild and totally unnecessary. <laughs> 
I guess dramatic. I mean, look, this is the Guy Ritchie film. So let's start that off right there. So Guy Ritchie is the one who makes this film. So they're taking a different take on the Arthurian legend. You know, you know, if you've seen Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie he's done a whole bunch of like, um, you know, gangster gangster films. And in his films, you know, these guys talk fast and loose. Um, they have they have very thick British. Uh, Scottish, Irish accents, you know, people from the from the neighborhood, you know, he's done stuff like Lock, Stock and Barrel. Um, what was the one he did? Snatch, the one with, um, with, um, yeah, those are good. Those are good. Those are good uh, films. And I thought he did a really good, I thought he did a really good turn with Sherlock Holmes, where it's still Victorian era, but it's a different tone. Uh, and, you know, the character, you know, he approaches the characters slightly differently. But they're not very much different than what we would expect out of a Conan, uh, the Conan Doyle story. So, you know, I, I have no problem with Guy Ritchie as a director. He's, you know, shown that he can definitely put together some good stuff. This does not see, this seem, I mean, again, I'm not 100% certain uh, where the thrust for this film came. But this really, this really just reminds me of like, hey, you know, maybe we can make a film. Just put something together. It could so you can get some money. It could be that. And I think I read something where there was different. If they, they use different scripts or incorporate different scripts. So you may be right in that, in that aspect. But you know, Guy Ritchie's also the guy that made Aladdin, that made this one of the highest grossing, it was one of the highest Disney grossing films ever, you know, which made over a uh, billion. Uh, I don't know about he, I don't know about he made Aladdin, he directed that film. He directed, he, made, right. he directed he, Aladdin, which was one of the, one he, of the best movies of the year. I think what, it was 27, no, 2018, 2019 that Aladdin came out. So look, the guy got chopped and you admitted that already. So now why? Let's get into what's going on with this movie and why. You know, my first, I think you and I probably reviewed this years ago when it first came out. And I gotta say, when I first reviewed it, I was thinking it was pretty negative negatively because it was you know this is not what i expected and this is the same thing you go to a restaurant and you say yo let me get a burger and then you come out with some type of uh uh you get pizza instead right that's what you call in there you're highly disappointed like this is not exactly what i was looking for a pizza burger or whatever but you know on second viewing of this i have a different take on it you know i i've actually enjoyed it and one of the reasons i enjoyed it was a different take it, like i said i like guy Ritchie. i like his gangster films i like like the get the gentleman you know that came out uh, what 2019 i like revolver i like those type of shows that he did and so basically if you are a guy Ritchie fan um, and like this style of movies this is basically it is just basically gangster um arthur in, in medieval england with uh with um you know mystical and fantasy elements in it that's basically what it is is it a, a true telling of king arthur no it's totally it's, it's very different they've changed so many things in there there's no merlin for guys six and i remember being pissed off about that Right, um, but overall, I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, and, and it's not just me. One of the reasons I wanted to bring this review back up to Cal is that you know, it, when it debuted on Netflix, it was the top ten for the first two weeks, and I was like, wow, you know. So I had to give it another look, and after looking it over, and another thing too, I looked at it with someone else other than just myself. When I saw the original movie, I think we didn't see it together, but we saw it roughly around the same time. I watched it by myself. And all I could do while I was watching that film, I had my hat on, I was just sinking it down lower and lower and lower and lower. Like, what am I watching? You know? But I gotta say, it, it, it grew on me and I was pretty surprised by that, you know? Hmm. Well, I got, an, I got a reason for that. We, it's called the coronavirus. So we, we can't go out and really see a lot of movies like we used to. So now we're reevaluating stuff and it doesn't look as bad because we're bored, tired. So, you know, like, hey, you know, plus it's free. You're like, hey, maybe this wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It's just as bad. It's terrible. It's trash. It's not that bad. I think I, I love the, um, the, 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 the setting that you have. 
Arthur, no matter basically where you put him, you make him a small time hood and he basically becomes Arthur again. He takes on the responsibility of doing it. I mean, Charlie- no, he, never he never becomes Arthur. You don't think he becomes Arthur at the end? Arthur is, you have two types of quintessential heroes of that heroic archetype. You have the hero who's made and you hear, have the hero who is born. Arthur is born. He's born a hero, if only by the aspect that he is the rightful heir of Uther Pendragon. So he gets like tutelage from Merlin, but then they decided, no, we're going to do the other route where he's going to go fight dragons and uh, bats on some island where he should have died. There's no way he should have lived through any of that nonsense, but he, we're going to go and do that. It's like, no, Arthur doesn't need to go and show physical prowess. He's already going to be able to do that. Arthur has to show the prowess of being a good and noble king. He doesn't get that tutelage from Merlin at the end of the day. So this guy over here is still a thug even when he's on the, when he's on the throne. We're supposed to go with this, uh, this picaresque rogue story. And, you know, oh, that's how you become a king. No, that's not the story of King Arthur. And they have gotten so far away from those type of quintessential heroes. It's incredibly disappointing. This is a guy who pulls a sword from the stone and it it's symbolic of everything, okay? That's where you get the whole thing with Thor and the worthiness of the hammer. It's symbolic of everything. No one can pull that sword except for Arthur. And once he has control of that sword, he unifies the kingdom and you have this golden uh, shining moment in time because of such a great king he was. We don't get that in the film. We get some nice magic scenes with the sword and we get a lot of the Hamlet stuff and the, you know, the visuals are good, nice special effects, but the, the core of what it makes a, an excellent King Arthur film, we don't get that. You know, I kind of disagree. I think that it it adds some elements of King Arthur. Um, what elements? <laughs> you know, I mean, no, in terms of like the 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 the, the way that we get to see um, Excalibur work. You know, um, so just hold on one second. I just wanted to show the picture that we were talking about. Death Dealer is the name of the art that you know uh, the guy shows up. You see it right here, Death Dealer on this horse. He doesn't exactly look like that, but there's definitely influences. Uh, board again when he changes into this this uh, massive yeah. powerful looking uh, creature here. Um, I just wanted. Yeah, to... that's just, yeah, that's Death Dealer. Yeah, that's death. <laughs> I, mean, I, that's I think Francesca should um, should sue <laughs> whenever somebody uses some of his art. Like it's been used so often that you're like, well, you, well, well, he's for is dead if I, I remember correctly. So so his uh his estate would have to sue, and who knows? Maybe they did. Maybe that's a that's a show in the future. I mean, you see, you have elements like that, but those are elements that work in a different framework with King Arthur. King Arthur never had to contend with his uncle. That's Hamlet. He never had to do that. Uther Pendragon never had Excalibur because Arthur was the one who was going to wield Excalibur because of his worthiness as king. Arthur never had to go and prove. Arthur never had to go and prove himself. Merlin wasn't a girl. You know, you didn't have all this other stuff going on. If you want somebody, and the thing is, I am still waiting for the film. There was an actual black member, okay? If you will, black. This was somebody who was both, uh, who was uh, half European and half African, okay? And this was the brother of Percival and he was a member of the round table. So if you wanna actually have a black member of the round table, you've got somebody right there who's been around for hundreds of years and they have yet to use this character. Instead, we, you know, like, let's, you know, put this guy here, put this guy here because we want to show diversity. I'm like, hey, the character already exists and you guys are so lazy. 
You guys are so lazy in terms of doing the research. You're like, oh, there's a character right here. This character existed for hundreds of years. If you're progressive, hey, well, the, the round table was more progressive than you guys were 1500 years ago. Just put this guy right here. No, 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 no. We got to get all this box checking and everything of that nature. We got people from China in the film and it makes no damn sense whatsoever. But I understand we want to make certain that we check all of this so we can get people in the seats. People will come in if the story is good. Okay, if people, if, if you want to sell in a Chinese market, you need a good story at the end of the day, not just put somebody Chinese in it. So, you know, th th that was a major criticism I had, you know, with the film when it came out. I was like, there's too much of this, not enough, not enough story. But yeah, you have some great moments with, uh, you know, with the, uh, the, uh, the, the death dealer image and with Excalibur. I, I like the fact that they didn't shy away from the magic because in the... Uh, uh, who was that film? Antoine, Fu Antoine Fuqua's film, forget about it. He acted like magic was a rash. He was like, no, 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 we can't have that in the film. And that's, you know, part of the film. Merlin is the magician. He's the mentor to Arthur. So, you know, those type of things, you know, one guy didn't use any magic and it wasn't that, you know, it was okay. Could have been better. Another guy uses the magic, but it's a totally different story. This is like Robin Hood. <laughs> it's like Robin Hood with, instead of the bow, he's got a sword. Imagine Robin Hood with a magical bow. I got it. So, but I'm saying, I think, I think you're, you're going too much into the fact that, and I agree that this classic Arthurian legend, yes, this doesn't meet every single point on that, but in terms of it does have the basic things. We have Arthur, we have him. Um, he's this, the son of a king. He has the sword, you know, he starts the round table. He leads and he okay. takes over England. Those basic elements are there. You know, we have him from very young age, even though he's a hood, you know, he's a good hood. He automatically takes leadership and starts taking care of people in his area. Mm, no, gotta, I, I gotta disagree with you, man. We, we no. see that in the show, you know? No, hold Arthur. On. Hold on, I let you speak. Let me let me finish what I gotta say. All right, all right, all right, go ahead. We, we, we have that, we see that in, in, in the elements. We also see, yes, we, we do have um, a diverse char um, um, characters, which is natural. Now they're adding diverse characters pretty often. But just so you know, I just wanna just put it in your, in your in your in your father. I agree with you with the character from um the, the brother of Percival. Right. I mean you're right. There's always characters if they really look, they make it seem as though um throughout there were no black people in history. And in fact there was a book by um called The Black Tutors that showed that there were Africans in Europe and not necessarily always enslaved working in different things, doing different jobs. So you do have um, Africans in medieval England already there. You have uh, Moroccans, um, well not Moroccans, they called everybody Moors, but you had people there. So those are the type of things that helps to dispel. And this is a, a book that came out a couple of years ago, you know, um, where you're telling you that these people were already there. Uh, and, and, and people are like, oh, there were no black people. You know, probably you didn't see them, but there were people, in, they weren't far, they were probably far and few in between, but they were there. You know, so it doesn't, it, it kind of belies the whole thing where people are like, oh, there were no, no black people in, in, in Europe or no black people in, 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 but it was. So I guess when they use Digimon, yeah, nothing, Asu, it doesn't matter too much. Right. But I'm saying, I'm just saying, bringing up the point where you're like, yo, they could have used another black guy or something like that. I'm saying, well, no, I'm saying if you, and I want to make clear on the point, okay. if your idea is that we want diversity, okay, and you're just putting somebody black in there and saying, okay, this guy's going to be Galahad. I'm like, no, if that's the case, you can actually do the research and say, well, look, were there any black members of the round table? Were there any, you know, was it strictly, you know, people who were Cornish, English, uh, Scottish, you know, was it strictly that, or do we have that? And if you do the research, you find, oh, really, there was some, we can bring this in, we can bring this in here. That's what I'm saying to that extent. Okay. Okay. The I agree. I agree with you. I got it. Okay. Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. 
No, I'm just agreeing with you. I'm not cutting you off. I'm just not agreeing with you, bro. You're agreeing or you're disagreeing? I am agreeing. Yeah, I said, cool, cool. I'm glad we're in agreement on that. Yeah, I said that, you know. Um, but I just wanted to point out that point of, of the whole book, uh, Black Tutors, you know, which you can, if you want to find out more about history, read it. You always be surprised that, you know, things in history are never as, as they like to put it, black and white. There's a lot more gray areas of different things happening throughout the, the world. You'll be surprised what cultures are meeting and what cultures aren't and what cultures are in discussion. Um, if you want, if you want to, if you want to go that route here, this is a great thing. This was some great comics that were, I was turned on to when I was young. My father gave them to me. They're called Golden Legacy. And Golden Legacy Comics focused on the contributions of Black people worldwide. You had uh, the, the French, you had uh, the, the, the French, Black French Musketeers. Uh, you had the contributions of, of, of Black Americans to American history. Uh, you had a whole bunch of stuff that would go over if you want to go that route for it. But that being said, I don't need Black people in a film in order to enjoy it. I don't need Chinese people in a film in order to enjoy it. I need a good film in order to enjoy it. And in certain these things, you know, certain, that type of thing, cause it's not diversity for me. Those are just different actors at the end of the day. You know, then it becomes to the point, like, what are we gonna have next? We're gonna have somebody on crutches. And it's like, oh, we gotta have this person who's immobile and he's gotta be a night at the round table, even though it's gonna be impossible for this guy to fight. So, <clears throat> you know, th that type of stuff does take me up. But uh, again, I think we spoke on that enough. The, the, the bigger thing for me is that it takes away from the core of what an Arthurian story is supposed to be. And Arthur, the reason why Arthur resonates with people for such a long period of time is because this is a guy who's king and uses the power for the people, okay? He's doing everything in his possible to make certain that Camelot serves everybody, okay? And that's the reason why historically it's remembered. The, 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 the nation is, uni the, the England is unified, okay? Every man, you know, is, is happy with his portion. And Arthur, you know, he meets out he meets out justice to the point that it becomes uh, something of legend, a golden period in, uh, a, a, you know, a golden historical legend, if you will, at the end of the day. That I don't get from, that I do not get from this film. Well, yeah, I, Maybe I, you do. I do, I don't and, get and I get, and the person I was watching it with was also like, wow, we, this movie was supposedly maligned. And let's get it straight, this movie lost money. It didn't make money, it didn't make his money back. It didn't do well, it was savaged by the critics. You know, but on second looking, it's like it wasn't as bad as they as they made it out. It's just a different interpretation of the Arthurian legend, and a lot of the elements. The question, like I was saying, when I was watching it, I was like, "Wow!" Many of the major things. Yes, he's the reluctant hero. He doesn't want to take it on, but he takes it on. He tries to run away. He still takes it on, and then he, in the yeah. end, he 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 stands up and um, gets rid of the of the old and, and starts something new. But also. One of the elements that I like was the fact that you have the, 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 the Excalibur. I mean, I love the way it vibrated. Like when he touched it, his hand, it like the power of Excalibur is just such that, you know, you never really physically see it. You see how he's fighting and he can't be beat, but here you have it like vibrating and, 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 and just making noise. It allows the, the fighter to go super fast and, you know, it can stop most obstacles in its way. It's like, I love that depiction of it. It's like you're almost into it like an otherworldly um, uh, um, level. Yeah, I, I don't have any issue with that either. I think Excalibur is, if there's one place where you can play around with in terms of how you want to do a King Arthur story, is definitely Excalibur. It's been presented a myriad of different, I mean, historically, Excalibur is a sort of sharpness. So it's pretty, it's capable of, you know, hacking through, slicing through just about anything. So it's, it makes you indefeatable, undefeatable rather in battle. 
But the more important part of Excalibur was the scabbard, which meant as long as you had the scabbard, you wouldn't lose any blood in battle. So you could take on a bunch of you know, blows and so on, but you wouldn't lose any blood, so you would be able to recover. And that scabbard was uh, stolen by Morgan Le Fay. So you know, those type of, and that's actually never been touched in any of the films. Now, we don't have to, we don't have to, of course, but that's an element that you could also bring in. But the stuff that they, like I said, the stuff that they did with his caliber, you know, I thought, great, yeah, play up the magic, have some fun with that, have some creativity, some imagination. You know, I love those portions, but let's not forget, let's not forget what made this character, and I, I don't think a lot of people get it. King Arthur was a popular legend in England, like 500 years before they even put him down to paper. Okay, that's what a lot of people don't get. This guy was here long before you decided to sit down and, hey, let me have a go with this thing. So for me, when it's that type of character, you really want to understand what makes this character tick. And that's what you want to bring to, that's what you want to bring to the screen. Because the people who are watching it or the people who are reviewing it, you know, if they're like me, they already know this stuff. And when they're looking at it, they're like, okay, you know, you, know you, you really want to bring about those quintessential qualities. If you can do that, then yeah, you might be able to do some stuff around the edges. But Merlin's not there? Like, eh, whatever, I'm out. I, that, that is definitely, I mean, I remember that being a big hang of mine when I first saw it the first time. And I was like, God damn it, why is Merlin not here? You know? Um, but like I said, it's just another take. And I can't, I, I, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's as bad as we initially thought. That's my review of this. I think it was much better um, than we thought before we panned it completely as pure and utter drivel. And now I have to come back and say, no, I wish they would have done a better job marketing it. I think that's, that sometimes happens. You know, people saying King Arthur and they're gonna expect all these different things. Of course you put, if you, <laughs> if you say you're gonna give me one thing, you turn around and make it something else, people are just not gonna get it. And if the English didn't get it, then hell, it's gonna be hard for everyone else to find. Get, get. Using the analogy you gave earlier, you know, come on, because when you do that type of stuff, it feels like you're, people feel like you're trying to sucker them. So if you're telling me I'm going to see, you know, if you're telling me, hey, come in, I got a great hamburger for you. And then you're like, no, 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 sorry, it's not a hamburger. It's really pizza. But why don't you try the pizza? You might actually like it. Like, no, I'm not. Come on, man. <laughs> you got me in here because you told me I was going to get a hamburger. <laughs> That's the reason why I'm here. Don't, you know, don't do those sorts of things. You could come in and say, hey, look, you love hamburger? Great. You know, I don't got hamburger, but I got a great pizza over here. Why don't you come in here, try this, okay? And you may find that you like this just as much as you like hamburger. That's a better way to get people in, I think, than, oh, you know, the whole bait and switch along those, along those lines. You know, at least for me, I think that works a lot better because then you don't have the buyer's remorse, okay? You don't have people looking to be vengeful, you know, with their, uh, you know, with their reviews or just, you know, sapping the, or, you know, socking it to the film for fun, you know, which I've never really agreed with. I mean, in hindsight, okay, I can't, I won't say that the film is trash because there were aspects that I, I liked it, okay? Yeah, I'll just say it was, uh, not trash. I'll say it was rubbish. How's that? <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. But you know, I take it like the same thing with the Antoine, and I, I, I want to be in discussion with the stuff with the Antoine Fuqua movie, you know, which I found very enjoyable. A lot of people didn't like, like you said, you didn't like the fact they didn't have movies, uh, you, um, not movies, it didn't have um, um, magic magic in it. But you have the whole thing that there's different versions of what they, I mean, I've read many books, and, and like one book I've read, um, The Warlord Chronicles by Bernard Cromwell, where you have Arthur, it takes place like uh, Anglo-Saxon version of England version but that's like right after the romans the anglo-saxons are taken over and then you also have like folk was where you have where the romans are there and he's like a, a, a his family is like a, a, a 
uh, what do they call it? The, the Romo Brita Britannian family or something, and he takes over from there. And you know, you we, we can't this the legends come out from what the four or five hundred um four or five hundredth century, but it's 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 interesting that different you can put it in different segments. Is he the guy who's stopping the madness from occurring when the Romans leave? Is he the guy who's uniting the tribes together? Um, during he's all of he, he's all of that right. But I'm saying those are all different eras, and those all those all those authors are different in how they approach and do different things. On that, I'm going to disagree. On that, I'm going to disagree with you because by the time you get to the point where they're putting it down on paper, he's all of that. He's all of that. He, I mean, the classic Arthur story before the Knights of the Round Table comes into uh, play is that Arthur becomes king. He unifies all the tribes he even goes as far as to go to rome and you know take it to rome so they'll leave england alone that's the original story now we already know historically that there's just no way that happened historically so that's just like a really big legend but he's all of that by the time we get him into paper you know by the time we start putting him down he's all of it that's how big this guy's legend was i mean before the knights come in and arthur started taking more of a backseat to their exploits you had stories where arthur went to the underworld he was literally going to underworld to go fight he's fighting dragons and giants you know this guy was really big i mean he has a good amount of legends that most people have never even heard and that's just based on those 500 years of this thing being traced off so whoever this this stuff was based on whoever this guy was this guy i mean the legend of course is going to be larger than life but in real life he must have like really meant something to the people if 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 you know, these stories come out at the end of the day. I wish this is where you wish you had a time machine and you could go back and say, who the hell was this guy? And what did he what did he do that people decided that his story needed to be told? And then the story gets bigger and bolder and bigger and bolder. And this is over the course of a 500 year period before, you know, it, it becomes so big. They're like, oh, let's throw some more elements in here. Let's throw in the knights. The only other character who's around around the same time as Arthur is Merlin. And he's, his name is different. It's um, Mirid. Mirid or Mirrodin at the same time, and he takes on different he takes on different aspects. But that's what you have to understand. You've got a really big character over here, and you got to think big. You got to play big. You got to come up with some really good story ideas and knock that out of the park. Not come over here. Oh, let's go with the low hanging fruit. We got the tech. We got the no. You got King Arthur right over here. You know, you do this. You got something that people are gonna be. It's gonna resonate with people because it already has. You know, for hundreds of years. Or, but, but you forget that you go, you go like, Hollywood. But I mean, according to the historical evidence, you know, it started probably what the, the, the Celtic or the Welsh um, mm -hmm. um, peoples of England at the time who were using him, like I was saying before, where you have stuff coming from Fuqua, whereas the Roman, the Romano Britain guys are trying to, to, to yeah, he, the, the hoarder Anglo Saxons. But you also have the story being, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> When the, the, the story is being changed over time, because you have that whole landslot part and other members of the of the of the of the um, roundtable being included after the legend had already been talked through, already been put out before previously, you know, yeah. adding their romance element. So the point I'm trying to make is that changes can occur to the story, right? The That's original, not a problem. That's okay. not a. I I don't disagree with that because changes happen to Arthur over that 500 year period in terms of the stories and the things that he was doing and you know come on king arthur never went to rome you know <laughs> that's but that's part of the original but that's part of the original story when you hear you're like okay as a writer i'm like all right this guy yeah wow there's a lot to play around with over here just within the framework of him at the end of the day where antoine fuqua i thought went wrong with his stuff is that he decided oh uh, and again, this is more like a Hollywood mindset. I want to do something different. We're gonna we're gonna scale it back. We're gonna take out the magic. 
Uh, we're going to try to keep it historically accurate to the time when Arthur may have lived. And I'm scratching my head like, why are you wasting your time? This is a legend. This is a legend. We don't know exactly when Arthur lived. And this is all based on a whole bunch of stories. Why are you trying to be historically accurate? Go for the gusto. Throw right. some magic in there. Yeah. Put them in plate. Put them in, uh, you know, knights in shining armor. Because that's what people want to see anyway. What was, you know, what was the last, the most successful King Arthur adaptation of like the last 20 years was uh, The Adventures of Merlin. I don't know if you ever saw it. That series that was on the BBC. Yeah, I saw it. We, we talked about it. We, we both enjoyed it. Yeah, that, that, went for six, that went for six seasons. And why? It kept all the core aspects of the King Arthur uh, legend to, uh, together. But what was the most important thing it did? It kept the relationship between Merlin and King Arthur together. Okay, the mentor, the friends, the brothers, however you want to put it, it kept that together. And that was the most important thing from start to finish. So you can make whatever criticisms you like about it, but they understood how important that was to keeping that story together. And they never relinquished that part of it. So, you know, the guys, hey, again, I'm not a director. I don't get millions of dollars to make films, but I do know how to do a little bit of reading and research. And it's not too hard to see why this character resonates with people. If you're not putting that in your film, don't be surprised when it's not hitting. I get what you're saying. And it makes, uh, it definitely, definitely makes some sense. But I also think at the time, we also had, like I said, the Bernard Cornwell's very successful Warlord Chronicles, where you have basically a human Arthur, basically. Is not the, the, the magic is not, um, is not necessarily the magic of the character, the legend the character will be, but it's uh, is, is very different. So I don't necessarily um, hold that against them at all. Um, but hey, I, uh, yeah, I, neither, neither do I. Not, I don't want uh, I don't want to be misconstrued. I don't hold any of that. Okay. I don't hold. I mean, you, look at the end of the day, Arthur is a very very old legend, and it can be very intimidating, or people may not see anything with it. And they got to take risks. They got to take some chances. They have to try different things. And it may work and it may not work. It could work and you love it. It could work and you hate it. There's all these different things that could happen at the end of the day. My argument, and I always think it's a sound one, is look, if you have, I mean, same thing. If you're talking about the books that you're reading, if those books, uh, the Cornwall books that you're talking about, if they sell well with their audience and you're like, all right, I want to adapt this for film and you decide to take out everything that resonated with the audience, well, don't be surprised when the books aren't successful, the, the adaptation isn't successful. That's all I'm saying. Keep the stuff that works. Keep the stuff that has, you know, that's worked for 1500 years. And who knows, you may actually have a successful film on your hands. I mean, I thought it did pretty well. I mean, it, it definitely made back to, at least the Fuqua version made back its budget. Um, and mm. it, it, the reviews were all mixed on that one too. But, well, let me ask you a question regarding Fuqua, okay? If you had taken off King Arthur, okay, and you had changed the name of it to, uh, uh, the, the, and you had changed the name to it like The Last Knights of Rome, okay, would that story have been any different? Why not? But I mean, Arthur is the one who, who, who comes and leads the Britons. That's the key thing. Just, if you just if you take that film, you change it to the last Knights of Britain, you take all their names, you change them, they're not connected to the Knights of the Round Table, you could have had the same film because you don't have the stuff. You might have had, oh wow, this kid took the sword out. That's kind of like King Arthur. And you could have said it was allusions to King Arthur, but there was nothing in that film that grounded it to King Arthur. The names alone are not enough. That I mean, was a it's an enjoyable film, but right. it has so so little connection to King Arthur. 
but it's if you got to look at it in terms of i mean i don't know how one of the, like i said there's several elements i always consider you, you should have in it there's definitely the fantastical which you always talk about but since mm -hmm. i've read a lot of stuff that's not fantastical about arthur but it's that he is the unifying figure of of the britons where he gets together and he brings he's the the the, the light the shining light the shining star that, that brings them back together it stops the darkness yes. right and that's yes. one of the things that he is and in the film, that's what they try to portray. Does he come? Does Excalibur come out of the come out of the, uh, the, the 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 ground, and he claims it and stuff like that? Does he accept his 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 destiny right off the bat? No, he doesn't do all that. But in the end, he does do the the, the he does get his round table kind of. He does stop the barbarian masses, and he does sort of use the <coughs> Britons and the and the Celts get. Well, so I mean, historic. What you know? What I did appreciate about Antoine Fuqua's is that that's the only version uh that's the only king arthur story even excalibur which is the best king arthur story ever bar none nothing has so that's that reminds me of like superman <laughs> like there's been one film and nobody's been able to surpass that film and it's been out for you know for decades but even in excalibur they never tried to do like a reenactment of the bat of the battle of baden hill and so i give credit to Anquan fuca for at least trying to do that reenaction because that was what that last battle was supposed to be that big one you know, it's supposed to be uh, the Battle of Baden Hill, which he, you know, he repulses the invaders. You know, we now have Camelot and so on, and so, you know, or, or rather England, so on and so forth. So I'll give him credit for that. Nobody else did that. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like, hey, you know, you could have named this, uh, you know, instead of, you know, instead of Arthur, you know, his name could have been Tristus and you know, <laughs> it would have been the same story. Okay. Right, so I think we covered quite a bit. We definitely went my original uh, review of the movie, but I, I think, yes, I love King Arthur and I agree with you. I don't think for me, there have been very few um, great adaptations. I did like, uh, but, but at the same time, I enjoyed all of the films that I've seen. I don't know, most of them. Yeah. You know, so and I, I know you, and I, and I know you genuinely, I mean, we, we talk about history of, of uh, you know, definitely off show. So I know how much you understand the history and you appreciate it and you do love, and you do love the, uh, the, the legendary historical figure, all of that. You know, so you know we can just hash it out over here. So it's you know it's good because I'm just the guy who, again, you know the, the stuff that works. I don't know why these guys try to abandon it. It's like trying to prove, you know, well I'm going to try to prove I can fly with just these two feathers. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Use the helicopter. <laughs> Use the helicopter. You know, oh no, you, you jumped off the building and you crashed. Well, you should have used the helicopter. It's there for a reason. Maybe be a little bit more innovative with the helicopter. But I do know that how much you genuinely like. Uh, Arthur and all the things historical about it. And you too, you too. There's been a lot of great books. I mean, um, one question I have to ask you, one question I always like to ask people about King Arthur. What is your take? Do you hate Lancelot or Gwyneth most? I hate them both. Okay. <laughs> I hate them both. I hate them both with a passion. I really do. Okay, great. That's so, a, I thought it was just me, okay? Some people know. It's I mean, you, you, underst you understand why, right? You know, just because you have this great moment. I mean, come on. We, I mean, it's a legend and so on and so forth. And we know that Lancelot gets added, Guinevere, they all get added later on. And it comes out of the whole, uh, the French fablu tales where the tales of these cuckolds. And that was this convention at the time. And so they wanted to make Arthur into this cuckold. But then later on, guys are like, well, no, 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 no. Arthur's a cuckold. You know, th these guys are the bad guys, you know, because it's supposed to have like Arthurian romance and uh, courtly love along those lines. But these two people, are responsible for the downfall of a, of, of a kingdom. And I was never able to accept that. 
especially when they get to the points where when you did uh, like Robert Goulet in, in Camelot on stage or uh, who was the other one? Richard Harrison in Camelot. And he, Arthur realizes that the two of these guys are doing him dirty, that they're cheating, you know, that he's being, you know, betrayed by not only his best knight, best friend, okay, but his best girl, his wife, the queen. But he knows, he understands that he's a king and he cannot allow himself to have feelings like regular men because his feelings could mean the destruction of the kingdom. And so he says, I'm gonna suffer in silence. I'm not gonna allow this to do anything and I'm gonna make certain that the kingdom stays intact. And the two of these guys just can't keep away from each other and everything goes to pot because Mordred takes uh, advantage of the whole thing. So I've always hated the both of them, bunch of just selfish bastards. I, 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 I kind of agree with you there. And um, what is your take on on Mordred? Uh, you want to be a little bit more specific? The son of Arthur. No, no. I mean, like, what in terms of what? I mean, he's he's the quintessential villain. So, you know, I'm not sure if there's anything else to take from him at that point. You know, other than that. Well, I mean, you have the whole thing of, of him being born a, a, a bastard and and of incest and stuff like that, and therefore he mm -hmm. is, he's he's going to be um, bad, no per se, you know. I mean, because there's this whole thing in in in, in that type of age. That if you're born a bastard, you're tainted, and anything you do, you're always going to go. You're gonna you're going to um, you know do bad, and you're going to be evil and stuff like that. Well, that's that's more towards what happens. I mean, Arthur technically is a bastard as well because of how his father conceives him with Ygrain. You know, they're not married at the time. And, you know, he has Merlin change him to, uh, change him to the Duke so he can slip, you know, so he can slip into Ygrain's bed because she thinks that's her husband. And so it's that, it's almost like this deception or this sin of Uther is then visited on Arthur. And that's more symbolic of the, you know, the sins of the father being visited on the son. That's one, that's one way to take it at the end of the day. But Mordred is, for me, just the quintessential villain. He's just in the way. He's just the guy that, look, he's in the way. And the hero has to get this guy out of there so he can solve the real problem, which is rarely, which is rarely the villain. But he eventually defeats, um, um, destroys Arthur. They, they wound each other how it's always put is that they wound each other mortally in that final battle. Mordred dies, and then we know that Arthur is taken by uh, the, the ladies of Avalon to Avalon to be healed of his wounds, and there he will remain until England is once again in its greatest need, and then Arthur is going to return to save England from its, uh, from its darkest hour once more. So what's that's that? how it, you know, that's how it goes. Huh? What's that famous, the name of that famous legend? If other societies have that, the king that will return, the man in the mountain, what is it called? The once, in the once in future king. No, the once in future king, but there's also a term because it also occurs in other, in other societies and their legends. Where you uh, I mean, uh, it does. It's in Ethiopia with Tawadris the first that he will also return. Right. And it's part of, uh, you know, it's part of Judaic, um, you know, it's part of Judaic messianic teachings that, there will be this deliverer that will come, this Messiah who's going to come again and uh, save everybody. It's part of Christian teaching that Jesus will, you know, return again and you know lay waste to all evil. What the exact name for that type of uh, that type of character or belief? It's called no, king, off the top of my head. A king asleep in a mountain. That's what it's called. So the king asleep in a mountain. That's the, the 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 overall title they have. Okay. They call other things. Okay. And you're right. They have their different things in different cultures in Germany. Barbarossa is supposed to come back. Charlemagne for one point in, 
right? So it's a, there's a lot of different, I mean, in different cultures, there's only two kings, there are only two kings that are ever coming back. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's pretty interesting. It's a familiar thing that you see again and again in other cultures too, where they have these guys. Um, okay, so I think we covered quite a bit with Arthur. I think this was a very yeah. good discussion. Okay. I'm glad, I'm, but I'm, I'm glad you said that part there because again, that's the important thing that this is, that's the story of King Arthur is not limited to one culture or one people. That's why it resonates so well. That's why it resonates so well. And, you know, it's like you're playing, it's almost like you're playing, what is it though, phrase? You know, sometimes you're playing hard to get, but these guys are playing not to get. It's like, you're, you're, you know, you've got everything you need right there. Just use it. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. It's already been proven. You know, if you want to do that, then just make up your own character and, and go for broke there. But you, the whole idea is like, look, if you got a character like King Arthur and you can't sell this character, that, that's a problem because this character is already selling well for 1,500 years. No, no, you're right. You're 100% right. You call, I mean, you called it. In different cultures, the hero will come back, you know? And it's usually based on like the golden age. Someone or something was the golden age. Or this is what made us as a nation. And this is why this guy. Yeah, exa exactly that. Exactly that. You know, so you know, one day, hey, that could be you. You'd be the king of sleeping in the... Uh, Asleep in the mountain, as they call it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, hey, great talk once again. Spinnerack? Out. Yes, I